Today I've got Dr. Steve Amon, Head of Connected Care for the Mayo Clinic. Dr. Amon joined me on my 5G panel at CES. The following is the first part of our full conversation. I'm Roger Chang, and this is your Daily Charge. So the coronavirus changed everything. How did the problems exposed by the pandemic uh, shift the direction in the thinking about the use of 5G as a solution to some of today's problems? Oh, uh, so that's a good question. I think first you kind of have to answer how did it change the thinking about how we were going to utilize digital solutions to provide care to people. And we kind of all had to turn on a dime over a weekend uh, in early March to, to make that happen. And, you know, for, for us at Mayo, we had had a longstanding program of digital health care, but our implementation plan for people was really very much a hand-holding, spoon-fed kind of implementation process where you would meet with each department uh, to get them up to speed. And on that weekend in March, we suddenly developed a self-help program with three major steps so individual departments could get going on their own. And then in parallel, we set up a, a, a provider side call center to, to serve their needs when they ran into problems with the self-help pro pro program. So that was really how we had to go whole hog in terms of getting the whole institution using all of our products and services that we have at the Center for Connected Care. How that translates for the consumers, uh, which is really where the different uh, broadband solutions uh, makes a difference, is, is, is where we're going with this conversation, obviously. And, and 5G does offer a lot of promise. I mean, the fact that there is less lag, uh, you know, faster speeds means that even these conversations where there's just that little bit of a, of a pause when you and I speak to each other, as those come down, it makes those conversations feel more and more like conversations we have in our offices or in our homes. Uh, so, so that will make the experience feel more natural for people. The ability for more stable video and maybe with complementary data from a device you might be wearing to augment that video has, has a bigger promise with a solution that offers, in theory, you know, 100x uh, improvements in, in uh, upload speed or download speeds. So, so I think there's a lot of promise that way, and, and we'd be happy to see that come to fruition. But I think there's also some realities that we talk about the promise versus what the current reality is. Uh, and I think that, that there's some, we can be excited, but we have to take some cautionary tales as we enter into this. So in your case, you know, a lot of the folks I've talked to have been dealing with 5G for a long time. It's part of their industry. Uh, I'm just curious if you start looking at 5G, or when you start looking at 5G, and how the coronavirus sort of accelerated that thinking with the use of 5G. Yeah, I mean, I think that if you talk to, you know, our uh, chief technology officer, chief information officers at Mayo, I mean, we've had our eyes on what's coming in terms of broadband and connectivity, you know, over time. The, the coronavirus, obviously, now all of a sudden we had hundreds of providers trying to do video visits at one time. That's not such a big deal when we're on campus doing that because we're using, you know, wired, uh, you know, high speed pipe that, that can deliver that quality. 
Um, but but the issues come in the neighborhoods where maybe there's a provider who's working from home because they're on isolation because of an exposure, or you've got a whole bunch of neighbors who are all trying to do different visits uh, around a cul-de-sac where you know you've got someone who's getting health care and someone else who's doing a banking visit and someone else who's visiting with their kids or grandkids all try- eating up the local bandwidth from their ISP in that in that neighborhood. The promise of a of a of a signal type that can handle more more data streams more fluidly uh, should improve everyone's experience. So, so we would love to see that reality. I guess the question is the, the issues of how many towers, how close to those individual people do you need? Uh, can the true fast 5G uh, swim lanes really penetrate the walls of everyone's homes or offices to deliver that quality? Um, and, and, and as you are undoubtedly aware, the, the speeds that we're achieving in the U.S. 5G networks aren't nearly the 100x improvements. They're, they're more like 1 to 2x improvement over current signals. And in Europe, they're more like 4x the speed. So we're not seeing the tremendous gains in reality today that I think the, the system promises or has the potential to, and that has to do with a lot of things in terms of the other infrastructure to support the ability of, of 5G networks. The coronavirus made it so people were reluctant to see their doctors in person. And while telemedicine has been around for a couple of years now, folks have generally been reluctant to embrace that, both doctors and patients. I'm just curious how that's changed during the pandemic and, and whether or not there has been more of an openness or a willingness to embrace telemedicine. 100% change in the willingness to do it. And I, and, I, and I think that, well, I think patients had some reluctance to do this. I think there was actually more reluctance from the provider side of that equation uh, to do that. And as providers were essentially forced to adopt it and then got familiar with it and developed some competencies around conducting an interview and, and care delivery using these tools, it also made patients feel more comfortable in that space. So, so the fact that we really had to deliver care that way improved everyone's uptake and the realization that some of our traditional ways of doing things really could change and change for the better uh, in many cases. Yeah, I saw a study released by the COVID-19 Healthcare Coalition that said that doctors were 68% more likely to use telehealth in their practice. Now, that's that's a big gain. I'm curious how the role that 5G plays in that, in delivering telemedicine and delivering it effectively. Well, I think practically right now, 5G doesn't play a lot of role in, in what happened from March through you know, now December of 2020, because we just don't have broad 5G networks across our country. Um, I think that there are some people who do have that, uh, particularly in urban areas where they might have uh, good 5G networks and they might have an end user device that can take advantage of that. But I think that I think it's important, uh, depending on who's, who's, who's watching this interview today, to realize that this is a cellular signal. So your, your laptop that's using Wi-Fi isn't taking advantage of a 5G signal unless you happen to use a 5G, 5G router or hotspot as your router. And so some of the things, it's, it's about your phone or your tablet that has a cellular uh, chip that's enabled that is 5G capable. That Those are the only devices that are really taking advantage of that 5G signal. That's a good point, that it's, it's largely mobile devices at this point. And, you know, 
I'm just curious about that in terms of what applications, what programs are taking advantage of that from a telemedicine perspective that are taking advantage of the fact that our phones and maybe even our tablets are running on a much faster network. Yeah, I think for a lot of patients, they are conducting their video visits either on their smartphone or on their tablet. So any, anyone who's doing that is going to take advantage of a, of a faster cellular signal. And then when you get into, into, the, into the realm of uh, what we call remote patient monitoring, where there are devices in the patient's homes that are monitoring pulse oxygenation, uh, temperature, blood pressure, heart rate, all those kind of things that we might be monitoring with patients who are, who are recovering from COVID at home. Many of those devices are Bluetooth enabled in the home and then connect back to the hospital system via cellular connection. And so that can take advantage of those signals. And, and again, the potential of 5G is rather than episodic uploads of data, 5G bandwidth could allow real-time monitoring of signals and uh, potentially on the back end, uh, AI processing that, that can send signals to the care team and to the, and to the patient much more rapidly and, and allow a more real-time monitoring of those patients. But again, for much of the country right now, that 5G is still something in the future and, and not, a, not a realistic option for care today. Yeah, there's definitely still a lot of work for the carriers to, to work on in terms of building out those 5G networks. I'm curious, though, going into you know this 2021 year and even beyond, what sort of trials or pilot programs are in place that do take advantage of 5G that you, know, you guys are working on or you're at least aware of? Yeah, I think we've mentioned a couple of them already. The, the thing that we're really excited about is, is using in-home monitoring uh, so we can, so patients can be isolated. They can be in familiar surroundings and know that their healthcare provider is literally has a continuous data stream of what's going on with them if they're in that higher risk group. So patients that would traditionally be admitted to a hospital situation might be told you can go home and we will, and we will deliver this equipment to you, teach you its setup. And if it's cellular enabled, uh, then that can stream back to the hospital in real time with you know centralized nursing teams who are monitoring this data, acting on deviations from expectations of a trajectory of care for a patient. So that's one really potential thing that 5G can provide. And then if you have to convert that visit to, oh my gosh, I, I need to see that patient right now because it looks like their, their numbers don't make sense, the ability to get a reliable signal uh, where there's no frustration with the latency and lag. So video telemedicine is the big thing and, and almost real-time exchange of physiologic data about the patients are the two biggest things that, again, if you are geographically lucky to live where a 5G network exists, that, that might be very beneficial. That's the end of the first part of my conversation with Dr. Steve Amon of the Mayo Clinic. Check back tomorrow for the next part. If you have any questions, hit us up on Twitter at The Daily Charge or sign up for direct text messages from me by heading to cnet.co slash daily charge. And if you liked what you heard, please subscribe and rate the podcast. It really helps us out. For The Daily Charge, I'm Roger Chang. Thanks for listening.